to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. your faith on fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. Uh, we've been speaking on the subject or the keys of the kingdom uh, referred to as biblical meditation. That's one of the keys that will unlock a whole lot of things out of the kingdom. And uh, as I was preparing for this broadcast, I was just thinking of one other thing that uh Biblical meditation does. You know what that does, Richard? It drives out doubt. Meditating on the word of God will drive out doubt. And I always tell people this, feed your faith and starve your doubt. And if you meditate on the word of God, you're actually feeding your faith and you're starving your doubt. So no wonder God told Joshua to meditate on his word day and night. Because he was fearful. He was, if he was fearful, we know he was doubting. Their ability and he tells to go and do us that in Hebrews again to put to focus on the author and perfecter of our faith. Right? Looking Jesus. unto Jesus, right? So we have to understand that meditating on God's word, it will just diminish doubt. It'll cast out all that doubt and unbelief that's in you. And we referred to a scripture of the day, uh, Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible." Well, as I start meditating on the word of God, I'm going to start believing. And then all things are possible, Joshua. Yes, we can take Jericho because I'm going to meditate on the truth of God's word. And that's going to starve my doubt. I won't be. And doubt brings fear. He told Joshua three times, be of good courage. That's the faith side. Be of good courage. And, and, and don't be afraid. And speaking of that, that's written in the Bible 365 times, fear not. So God doesn't want us to be afraid. And if you, if that's something, an issue you're struggling with, fear, meditate on the scriptures like the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, love, power, and sound mind. The righteous of the Lord, the righteous are as bold as lions. You have to, again, God has a solution for everything. And it's really, it's simple. It's an open book test. He put it in his word. And all you have to do is feed on it. And part of that feeding on it is pondering it, musing it, chewing it up, meditating on it. Think about that more than you're thinking about that burger <laughs> or anything else. Think about his word, and that's going to come alive in you. Because remember, that word is living. It's alive. It's, it's that same word actually raised up Christ from the dead. It said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us, and it gives life to our mortal bodies through his spirit. Well, his words are spirit and they are life. 
Well, there are people that, and even Christians, that spend hours a day worrying about things Mm -hmm. and only minutes thinking about God. Right, and that's what they they think they're doing something, but you're not. God wants to occupy, he, he wants his thoughts or his ways to be first placed in your mind, in your heart. Actually, if it's in your heart, it'll transform your mind. That's why he says, talking about the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4 and Matthew 13 about the word being seed and planted on certain grounds. There was a wayside, there was stony ground, thorny ground, and then there was good ground. And that seed, that ground was our heart condition, and the seed was his word. And he says, it's planted on good ground, and then you cultivate it, it's going to grow up into what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and it's, most of and it will produce a harvest. Right, and most of God's word grows up into it as we meditate on it. It grows up into an image of our redemption, meaning an image of who God says we are, what God says we have, what God says we can do, and where God says we are. Remember, we talked about position. We're we're seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's what it says in now. Ephesians. Yeah, now. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, He's the head with the body. The head's in heaven. The body's on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, the head's in heaven. Christ is the head of the body of Christ, the church, which is on earth. And now you can see why the whole earth is groaning for the manifestations of the Son of God. But we're joint heirs with Christ now. Right, now. We're the children of God And he wants earth to experience some heaven now. Not later, now. Not in the sweet by and by, now. (laughs) There's a lot of Christians that are waiting for the sweet by and by. Someday I'm going to be this. You know what? Someday I'm going to be that. And I want to caution because you may not, if you're trying to hurry up for the sweet by and by and you're not fulfilling the plan and purpose that God's placed for you, have for you to do here on earth, you may not, you just may not hear that, well done, my good and faithful. You might see here, well, you, huh? No, you want to hear, well done, my good Lord, I completed the assignment. That's what Jesus heard. That's what Paul heard. Well, see, and that's what we're talking about with Joshua the other day. God wanted Joshua to succeed in the assignment that he had given to Joshua. And he's given all us an assignment. And we have to realize that I tell people every Sunday, you have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You just got to stay connected to him to fulfill it. Don't want the, I don't want to leave this to earth. He succeed in it. He does. He says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of me. It's an open book task. He's given it to you, the wisdom and revelation. Like it's all in us. You know, it's not like we have to read it once and then remember it. We well, it ain't like back in the day we got to go to the priest and let him read it to us. Everybody can own a, a, a Bible. In some denominations, you know, I guess they don't encourage you to read the scriptures. But I remember in... in Times past, way before, I heard that only the priest could, you know, have a Bible and read the Bible to you, and he give you what he wanted you to give you. But now, by the mercies of God and through Jesus Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. He tore down that middle wall of separation, and we can have His Holy Spirit live in us and reveal to us this word. This word from go from Logos to Rhema. Christ well, in does, us. And he doesn't want to keep it a secret from us. No. He no. wants us to read it. He That's why I keep saying it's hear. an open book test. Right, but I mean, God doesn't, it's not as if God wants to keep his word a secret from his people. Well, it can't be. And I heard the Bible is the best selling book in history of all times. It's always a bestseller. Well, yeah, there's another saying that's the, the most sold, best sold, least read. Book really? Yeah. Well, well, think about it. Right. How many Christians you know own four or five Bibles that they don't open any of them? 
Man, I see people come to services without a Bible. And I tell people, and our, our ministry is called Rhema Word of Faith. We actually use the Bible. We're a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching ministry. We use the Bible. And we keep stacks of them. People don't have them. We give them a Bible, an ink pen, and a highlighter. You're in class. You're here to get a spiritual education. Just like if you're in a secular university or any university, you're there to get a uh, secular education or natural education. You're here to get a spiritual education. And you need the both. You need the education, you know, the natural education. I'm not saying the word right. But you need that education, but you also need a spiritual education because, you well, know. the revelation from God is going to come from his word. Right. That's and, where it's coming from. And he's going to. come from television, you know, watching the Kardashians or anywhere else. It's coming from his word. I know so many Christians, they know. And, and I was just talking Snooki about this. with in the game. Yeah, I, I was just talking with somebody about this yesterday. And they were just saying how this particular Christian that we know, she knows more about the Kardashians and all these other reality shows. And, she, and I know, because she talks about them all the time, but she never talks about the scriptures. But every day saying she's on the prayer line. I'm trying to figure out what you're praying. Because you, every time I see you, you're watching a, a reality show, and you're talking about the latest gossip. You're never talking about the word of God, and you broke down. She got every sickness known to man. But you ask her how she's doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Only words you know, I'm blessed. And I tell you how I've been saved since Moby Dick was a guppy. You've been saved for, for eons. But no, you're misrepresenting the gospel and the kingdom. God is good and God's a restorer. And here's the deal, Richard. It's real simple. The Bible says out of what the heart one believes and what the mouth confession is made. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Whatever's been planted in your heart in abundance, it's going to come out your mouth. I tell Sooner people all the time, I can find out what you believe just by spending about 20 minutes with you. Because it's going to come out of you. Because people love to talk about themselves. And if the word of God is planted and rooted in your heart, it's going to come out of you. What you believe is going to come out of your mouth. And if you believe the world's going to hell in a handbasket, it's going to come out of your mouth. Whatever you believe is going to come out of your mouth. And remember, whatever you believe, you're right. I can't nobody else tell you unless you get the word of God on it, which is the truth, and allow that old seed to be uprooted. That's a process because it's got some... It got a base in it now. It's got a, and Jesus said in Matthew 15, every plant that my father hasn't planted shall be uprooted when you allow him. Now, if you're holding on to that stinking thing, and he's going to let you have it. But he wants it right. to be God uprooted. God never forces anybody to do anything different. Well, he wants you to have the new seed. And remember, Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wine skins. And that's what we try to do. We try to come into church and, and do it the old way, our way. We try to come into his household and to his kingdom and do it the world's way. He said, no, no, no. In this kingdom, we're not conformed to this world. <laughs> but we, everybody here is transformed by the renewing of their minds. We do it the kingdom way. And the kingdom way may not make sense, but it definitely makes faith. Jesus told Peter, go down to the lake and cast a hook in the water. And the first fish that comes out, he'll have our tax money in there. That didn't make sense at all. And he didn't tell him. Yeah, you kind of wonder if Peter had ever caught a fish that had money well, in his mouth before. Well, he, had, he was a professional fisherman. And who just catches a fish with a hook? He didn't. Jesus didn't tell him to put no bait on it. He says, just throw the hook in there. Peter probably like, no, you got it. It's instruction. Jesus would have said, okay, now put a worm on there, blah, blah. He just, just cast the hook in there. No bait. You don't catch fish. I'm not a fisherman, but I understand that. You got to put some bait on the hook. 
And he threw it in there, and still, and fish aren't designed to hold money in their bellies, are they? Just like Jonah. It's not like it's in his mouth. Well, in his mouth. Well, they're not made. They're, fishes blow out. They're not sucking in. Well, it goes out their gills, but they don't hold coins in their mouth. Hold it. And that's a revelation right there, because somebody's holding on to your blessing, and they got to let it go. It's, it, I'm pretty sure it bothered that fish to have that coin in his mouth. And somebody's holding on to our blessings, and it's bothering them. They got to let it go, loose it, cough it up, spit it out. And again, God will tell us, Joshua, march around six times on the seventh day, blow it out. It doesn't make sense. Put some mud on a guy's eye and tell him he's, he can see now. Spit on it, actually. <laughs> spit on the dirt. And again, right, he made mud out of. Uh, but, but he spit. He didn't say, he got, go give me some water. No, he said, I got some right here, some saliva. I'm going to use that. None of that makes sense, but the, the the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. So if God tells us to meditate or ponder, think about his word all the time, and then we'll make our way prosperous, we'll have good success, we'll be like trees planted by the rivers of living waters, whose leaf shall not wither, who brings forth its fruit in its season, and whatsoever that we do shall prosper. Hey, I'm going for it, God. That's all I got to do is just think about what you said. That's simple there. I just got to think about it. Right. All we have to do is put his word into our heart night and day. Yeah. Just, just be meditating on it. Just think about it day and night all the time. Not every, not just for the couple hours I'm at a church service. Go home and think about and it. And then he leads us. Then he tells us what he wants us to do. As we're meditating on his word, he now will lead us into the things that he wants us to do. And he will then give us the power to do them because he once again, what? wants us to succeed in the things yeah. that he has called and that us word, to do. As you start meditating on it, it it's going to begin to speak to you. It's going to tell you, oh, yeah, it's do this, do mind. that. It's going to change your yeah. mind. It's going to lead and guide you, you into know, all righteousness. What's amazing is when you really first become a Christian, you come to realize how wrong you were about so many different things. Boy, don't I know that. You know, I mean. I used to argue with my wife about, because you believe what you believe. Right. That's it. And can't nobody tell you anything different because what you believe is the truth for you. Right. <laughs> and then until you get illuminated, until you get some light on the situation. Because remember, we're in darkness. Can't see nothing walking around in darkness till somebody shine light on it. And light works best in darkness. Yeah, you put some light on it. And when we come into the knowledge of the truth, we get illuminated. And we're like, wow, man, I didn't see that. I was deceived. That's what Satan does in the kingdom of darkness. That's why it's called the kingdom of darkness. It's all about deception, making you believe one thing, but not the truth. The Bible says, unless one turn and turn to the Lord, and the veil is taken away. Like you have a curtain over your head. And once one turns to the Lord, you get illuminated. You get set free. You're like, oh, okay. I didn't know I had a right to all of that, to healing. And then just the truth about everything. Yeah. You know, how, how easy it is to hold a grudge, to want to hold a grudge. How easy it is to want to get revenge. How easy it is for all those things. And then you come to realize, boy, that's how I used to think. I was completely wrong in mm -hmm. all of that thinking. Mm -hmm. And to put other people ahead of ourselves is not a normal human nature way to act. Well, it's a sin nature. Right. What that, we was I mean, born with. We were born with that. Our human <laughs> nature is to esteem ourselves above everybody else. And then you get saved, and then God reveals the way he wants you to live. And all of a sudden you realize... Boy, the way I used to think was really wrong. The way I used to always try to put myself first was really wrong. And he convinces us that our thinking, as you like to say, stinking thinking, 
are that our thinking needs to be different than it was. Well, and, and that's only going to happen too as a Christian once it gets revealed to you, is as you're being exposed to the truth. That's what's going to illumine to you that you were living a lie. But you could be a Christian and never get you can get saved, born again, receive salvation, and never hear any more word. You'll stay the same. We know a lot of Christians like that. You have to be constantly exposed to the truth in order for the lie to diminish. <laughs> you got to be constantly exposed to the light for darkness to leave. You can't get exposed to the light one time, just get saved, and then you go back and stay in darkness for the rest of your life. No, then you're, like the scripture says, you're deceived. And you're like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets who he was. You forgot that you got born again, and you decide, well, I'm just going to still live over here because, well, this is comfortable. This is all I know. But again, you got to press into the kingdom. You have to, Scripture says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You have to, once you get born again, you got to start heading that direction, on that road. Jesus called it a narrow road. He, he said, get off that broad one. You was on the broad one. No, get on the narrow road. And that narrow one is going to lead you to the truth, the way, and the life. So we're going to meditate <laughs> on God's word. Every day. Every single day. Every day. Get so, up in the morning. I, get, I Richard, I do that. I get up in the morning, and I'm just meditating on what God said. In the morning, I start my day off with meditating. Right. I don't well, start see, my day is, off with thinking about all the bad stuff that could happen, what I got to do. I get God wants the first. He wants the first. A lot of people, the first thing they do is start thinking about no, all the bad stuff. No, I'm, I'm thinking about what he said in his word first, and then they think yeah. about all the bad stuff that could happen to him all day, and then they think about what the doctor told them about their ailment that they have or their child had or somebody had, and then no, they think about that's just going to depress you. And then they go to bed <laughs> and they're thinking about all those things, and then they get up in the morning and thinking about all those things, and. They don't realize what it's doing to them, that we have got to. When Jesus said, do not worry, he was talking about for our health, because it does your health no good to worry. He was talking about our spiritual life, also our spiritual health, because it does us no good to worry. He wants us to take our eyes off of those worries. He wants us to take our eyes off of those fears. He wants us to put them back on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. He wants us to make sure that we are looking at him because he is able to do all things, mm-hmm. not us, but that he is able to. And so you think about all the things that you could have fear about. You know, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. There are a lot of things that you could be fearful of. There are a lot of things that you could worry about. Everybody could in their life. I mean, you wouldn't have to stop and think very long before you could figure out some stuff to worry about. The thing is... He said, do not worry. He says. That was a command. Because, right. That was a suggestion. Do not worry. So if he but told it, me do not worry, guess what Vince going to do? Not. But, but it's worry. not. I'm not going to worry. It's not because he didn't think there would be things to worry about. There's lots it's, of things to worry about. He just said, don't, don't you do, do it. it. Don't do it. <laughs> you seek me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right. Seek after me first. You won't have to worry. When you're seeking after me, you won't even have time to worry. Because this is what we're talking about, meditating and seeking ye first the kingdom of God. I think they go hand in hand. Well, they do. If you <laughs> they don't, do. If, 
if you worry, you can't be seeking the kingdom of God. You're not. But if you're seeking the kingdom of God, you won't worry. We're worried. Worry. Yeah, there See, it is. Th that's it. It's just God's natural. a master. Now you have to pay somebody to to help you mess that up. It's that simple. Right, but I mean, you know how easy it is for people to mess up <laughs> because we we start to worry and we just can't quit worrying and and then something else happens but he, and we have Jesus a little said, more to worry Jesus about. Jesus said you can't add any stature or time to your life by worrying. Yeah, Actually, you can take it away. Yeah, you're going to take it away. <laughs> so, go ahead and listen to the master, listen to the one who has all Seek wisdom first. and say, "You know what? I'm not going to worry about that. I have a declaration that I make and part of it is I refuse to worry about anything. I cast my care unto Jesus, for he cares for me. And this is what we're talking about meditation, though. This is why meditation, meditating on the word of God is so important. Because when you are meditating on the word of God, I tell people this all the time. If you got a problem with somebody, pray for that person. You can't pray for them and still hate them. Right. You can't pray for them and still be mad at them. Because as you're speaking to God about them, he changes your heart and your well, attitude. Well, the scripture says because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if you're praying for them, well, the love of God is going to come out. Because this has been poured into you. But see, the same thing happens with our worries and our fears. When we're meditating on God, we're meditating on his word. We're thinking about the promises that he's given. All of a sudden, those doubts and those worries go out the window because we come to realize, what do I have to worry about? What do I have to fear? And that's why when you see me every day and I, I'm victorious, that's what I did right there. That's what that's how I live. Because the just shall live by faith. faith. That's faith in God. God said, do that. I'm going to live by that. That's what living by faith is. Living by the word of God. But living by what he says. the blessing that there is in in seeking after the kingdom of God first, the blessing there is in meditating on his word day and night because it just puts it to where there's no time for worry. There's no time for If fear. my mind is there's occupied no with the thoughts of Christ, the scripture says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus wasn't sitting around worried about what he was going to eat, what he was going to drink for the day. Remember when tax time came, Peter just go down to the lake, uh, first fish come out, he have our money in there. Uh, and then they had a treasurer, and we know he was stealing out the bag every day. He wasn't concerned about, man, we know Judas stealing, man, keep your eye on him. He never said none of that because he knew his supply was from God. He knew God was his source. He meditated on God's word day and night. He actually did this. Jesus is... Scripture says in the beginning was the word. The word became flesh and was man. That was Jesus. Jesus is all of God's word wrapped up in him. So everything we're talking about, that's who Jesus is. That's why the scripture said, let this mind be in you. That See, was also in Christ Jesus. To his likeness. Yeah. We need to be like him. You need to. And every time I tell people, whenever time you forget who you are, think about Jesus. I like that. What would Jesus do? We need to keep saying that. We we kind of make stuff a fad. Nice that shouldn't be no no no. That's the nice revelation. What will Jesus do? What would he do in the midst of a storm? Well, think about Please. what did he do? He rebuked <laughs> it and went back to sleep. Hey, he rebuked it and went back to resting. Yeah, he didn't say, "Oh, guys, this is a big one here. I don't know if the Father can handle. It. I think this is too big for God." No, he rebuked it, spoke to it, and went back resting. Anything, just I do that, Richard, with my life. I like, what would Jesus do? And then, since I'm a student of the scriptures, I'm always studying, meditating. And I know what Jesus did in circumstances. He says, when you come up on people and they need to be healed, just declare the kingdom of God is near you. And I'm mindful to do that. I'll tell people before I pray for them, especially if they're not saved. 
I'll just tell them the kingdom of God is near you. You know how he's near you? Because he's greater is he that's in me. He's in you, and I got his word in me. So freely I receive, freely I'm about to give it up to you. And people are happy that they got prayed for because they know I'm in relationship with the almighty, the one and only true God, not those other guys, the one that works miracles, signs, and wonders, that one. That's the one, like Paul said, that's the one I know. <laughs> Remember Paul was walking in the book of Acts. He was walking through Athens, and he seen all those statues. He said, I see you. You guys seem to be very religious. I see all your artifacts here. And then they had one to the unknown God. Paul said, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> the one y'all don't know? Yeah, that's the one I rev represent. And that's who we represent, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one and only true God. And he reveals that to you. Remember we talked about that the other day when Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Thou art the Christ. He said, they say you this, that. He said, but I, he said, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. Yeah, we know what the Christ means, the Messiah, the anointed one. And anointing means the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God working on your behalf. Yeah, and the scripture says in 1 Peter or 2 Peter, you are anointed. Talking about us, we're anointed. Why? Because we're connected with him. We've been redeemed, reconciled, restored. We're heirs with God and joining us with Christ Jesus. You got to know that as you go through your day, as you go through life. No weapon that's formed against you. It didn't say it isn't going to form, but it won't prosper. No right, weapon. It's not gonna work. Yeah. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you to the ends of the earth. So go. Go out there and rule and reign in life as kings. He tells us that in Romans, you know, those who received abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness should rule and reign in life. That's what he's talking about us. He said, we're supposed to be ruling and reigning. Not life ruling and reigning us. We're supposed to take dominion. Remember, we've been restored, redeemed, reconciled. Which goes back to that he came to give us life and it more abundantly. Here it is. It all goes together. If you right. just study the Bible, study it, and meditate on it, you'll see it's very thematic. It all goes together. From Genesis to Revelation, it all goes together. And that's why I love it. That's why I say it's too simple. All you got to do, he gave Joshua the key in Psalms 1, 2, meditate. He'll, he'll connect all meditate the dots. Meditate on my word day and night, and, and it, you will prosper. Yeah, you'll prosper you'll spiritually, spiritually, physically financially, socially, Once again, because God, when he calls us to do something, wants us to succeed at it. You know, we talked what about this more than responsible once. parent wants his child to fail at everything? Right. God says to him, and we talked about this the other day, God says to him, I want you to lead my people into the promised land. When God told him that, he wanted him to succeed at it. He did not want him to fail at the tasks that God had given to him. He wanted him to succeed. When God calls you to a task, he wants you to succeed mm -hmm. at that task. He says in 3 John 1, Beloved, my brethren, I pray that you prosper in good health. I, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Now, you need to meditate on that. Uh, and again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We're going to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927.
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.